Well, good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship. And today, inside your bulletin, you'll find an outline entitled Three Things to Remember When Facing Storms. It's in a little different format than we usually have because I ran this off at our office last night. Um, I was uh, yesterday, as I was cutting my grass yesterday morning, praying about the message I had planned for this, uh, I had listened to the weather and other things. I went, you know, I really think we need to talk about um, how to face storms when they come. There are times when we need to know things, and there's times we need to grow through things. And this is one of those times for both, because there's a storm headed our way. I looked this morning, I got up this morning, and you know the hurricane is off the tip of Florida and moving up the western side. And I've been praying, Lord, that, you, that the Lord would spare Miami and things. And now it's coming, I guess on Tuesday, it'll be coming close to where we are. I was going, well, Lord, take it the other way, not this way. I didn't mean it here. Um, but, uh, but I'm praying about storms, too. And when storms come our way, how as Christians do we react? And today I want to give you three things that are terribly important from Scripture, three things to remember when facing storms. I hope you'll find them helpful. I wanted you to have an outline chock full of Scriptures that will give you hope. And so I hope today, even as there is a storm headed our way, and there are people in hotel rooms all around the area that have fled from Florida or Georgia or out of the path of the storm and other things that... Um, we can be an encouragement to them. And these verses that we read and these principles we talk about will be of great encouragement to us. Would you pray with me today? Lord, there are going to be storms in our lives. There's a storm coming our way right now. And apparently on Tuesday, it's going to be whatever's left of it will be over the top of us. And so, Father, with a storm headed toward us, it's terribly important to check our attitude and our mindset. And so today we pray that you will give us hope, you'll give us encouragement, and you'll help us think rightly about how to handle problems when they're coming our way. So I pray, Lord, today you'll speak and you'll move me out of the way. And we'll leave here today encouraged and better prepared to deal with difficulty. In the name of Christ, I pray these things. Amen. If you need a pen to fill in the blanks, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will uh, bring a pen to you. But here are three things to remember when facing storms. First of all, we need to remember that God is with us. God is with us. We're going to have storms in this world, but we're not alone. God is with us. Would you say that together with me? God is with us. One more time. God is with us. Hopefully that brings you great encouragement. Listen to Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. If that's an encouragement to you this morning, would you say amen? Now think about this. I mean, these are verses that we need to meditate on, that God neither, neither sleeps nor slumbers. A 24-hour hotline to the creator of heaven and earth. My help comes from not the one who's just here hanging on, hiding from a storm. I am praying to the one, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that's why when there are storms that come our way, we can, we can face them head on because we know the Lord is with us. Matthew 28, 20, before Jesus sent his disciples out to make disciples of the whole world, the biggest job ever, go and make disciples of all nations. He told them this. He said, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. 
Listen to uh, Romans 8.38. Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That includes hurricanes. That includes tornadoes. That includes earthquakes. That includes power outages. Nothing like that will ever be able to separate us from Christ's love. Now, again, I want you to have these verses handy because these are things we need to meditate on, and here's why. It's the life application outline. If God is with us, then we don't need to be afraid. If God is with me, I don't have to be afraid. God is our refuge and strength, Psalm 46, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I'll never forget when I was first starting out in ministry, it was one of the first hospital visits I'd ever been on, uh, met with an elderly woman who'd had a diagnosis that she would die soon. She had a very aggressive form of cancer, and um, it was likely to be very quick and, and pretty painful. And it was interesting because when I went to visit her, I was kind of nervous about what to say, and I had a number of scriptures written down, and I had them marked in my Bible, and I was going to share them. And you know, I said, you know, and, and her family, because she was older in age, her husband had passed away, and some of her children had even passed away. And I said, you know, I, I know it's probably hard to go through this when you're probably feeling alone. And she goes, oh, I'm never alone. The Lord is with me all the time. And then she rattled off a couple of scriptures, reminding herself and, about how God was with her. There were a couple of people there with me. And I go, well, hey, why don't you take the Bible and lead this session, okay? <laughs> you're doing a lot better job than me. I left that hospital room encouraged by the person who was going to pass away. There was... It wasn't a physical storm like a hurricane coming, but there was definite problem coming her way. And she wasn't afraid. She says, I'm not afraid. The Lord goes with me. I mean, listen to this again. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and mountains fall into the heart of the sea. God is with us. Could you say that with me again? God is with us. And we forget that so often when we go through hard times. Some of you have uh, written me questions recently because there have been earthquakes, because you have Kim Jong-un with nuclear weapons doing nuclear testing. Um, there are hurricanes battering uh, America. And a couple of you have written me and said, hey, these seem like signs of the end times. In Matthew 24, when Jesus' disciples were asking him, hey, what will it be like before you return? He said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. That's uh, Matthew uh, 24, verses uh, 4, 5, uh, or 6, 7, and 8. Well, there's one part of verse 6 that I want to read here. It says, right after Jesus said, you'll hear of all these wars and rumors of wars, he also says in, it, in that verse, he says, but see to it that you are not alarmed. The John Schmidt translation, see to it that you don't freak out. <laughs> Why not? Because God is our refuge. And that's what he was telling them. See to it that you're not afraid. I'm with you always to the end of the age. God is our refuge and strength. We're not going to be afraid. 
I mean, it is a great comfort to me that the Lord goes with us in every circumstance. In Psalm 23, David wrote this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. My goodness, it brings comfort to me. I hope it does to you today, too. And so the first thing to remember when we're going through a storm is this, no matter what the storm is, is that God is with us. And even at the end of the world, he'll be with us. He said, I'll be with you till the end of the age. And so we don't need to be afraid. Secondly, to build on that, the reason we don't need to be afraid is because God is bigger than any storm. Now, this hurricane, Irma, that's coming, it's apparently approximately the size of Iowa. I mean, that's how big this storm is. It's huge. And if you've seen some of the pictures, you know, the shots from outer space or some of the other hurricanes, they drop them over the top of this one, and they all seem small in comparison. This is a very big storm. But God is bigger. He's bigger than any problem we face. God is bigger than any storm. Would you say that with me, please? God is bigger than any storm. One more time. God is bigger than any storm. I mean, these are things we need to remind ourselves when a storm is coming. By the time it gets to our area, uh, Irma, in the next few days, there's supposed to be a lot of wind left to it, some pretty strong winds, so there might be power outages and things. But we don't have to be afraid. Because not only is God with us, he's bigger than any storm. Jesus' disciples learned this. One evening, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross the other side of the lake, the Sea of Galilee. So they they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind them, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the water, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, and we're just like the disciples when we go through a hard time, an unexpected job loss, a bad diagnosis, a broken relationship. A storm of problems coming our way. And oh, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? Of course I care. And if we believe that God is bigger than any storm, then here's the next life application. I'll get back to that Luke reference in a second. But life application is this. If God is bigger than any storm, then we can bring all of our problems to him. The question isn't whether or not God cares. The question is whether or not I'll bring my problems to him. I mean, all too often when we have a problem, we will post on social media and write pages about how bad things are. Because it always helps to put our problems on social media. You know, I mean, it always makes things better. Um, Yeah, some of you are laughing. Okay, because it doesn't actually do that. Okay. But I would tell you this, that many times we'll share our problems with others, but we don't share our problems with the one who can help us the most. I mean, think of this. If I tell you all of my problems, but I don't get down on my knees and say, God, would you help me with my problems? I'm not taking advantage of the greatest resource in the world, the God who is with us, the God bigger than our problems. 1 Peter 3, 7, or 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds 
anything we can understand, and his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I cannot tell you how many times I've experienced this when I've met with people who are going through a crisis. It could be a financial crisis or a health crisis. Sometimes it's my office. Sometimes it's a coffee shop. Sometimes it's in uh, the waiting room of a hospital. They're just almost frantic. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And they list what's going on, all the problems that are going on. I go, look, the problems are real, and the circumstance is very difficult. And I don't know everything you need to do, but I do know this. We worship a God who loves us, and he will help us. Let's pray. And so sometimes we'll even make a list of three or four things, the, the key issues that need to be prayed for. And we'll, and we'll just pray, pray down the list one by one. And it's amazing how you can just feel the tension level drop. I was with someone the other day, and they were just brokenhearted over a fractured relationship. I said, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know what I'm going to do. This is how the conversation started. And I said, well, we talked for a while. I said, why don't we pray and pray that God will give you peace and he'll protect your mind. He'll guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And by the time we finished the conversation, he said, I don't believe this. I came in here completely convinced that there was no solution to this problem. I still am facing the problem, but now I'm not afraid. Can you explain that? I went, well, yeah. The Lord is with us, and he's giving you peace that will pass all understanding. He'll show you which path to take. Not only is God with us, but God is bigger than any storm, and we need to bring our problems to him. Are you worried about a friend? Are you worried about a circumstance? Are you worried about the future? The answer is to bring our problems to Jesus. There's also another life application here. We need to keep our focus on Jesus and not on the storm. Not on the storm. Another, storm, another time when Jesus and his disciples uh, faced a storm was this. Jesus had just fed 5,000 men plus their families and done this in a miraculous way, just multiplying a little boy's lunch. Well, the idea was that he wanted to show them that he was stronger, that he was God in the flesh, that there was no problem they, that he couldn't handle. But he sent them across the lake, across the Sea of Galilee, and they faced a storm in the middle of the night, and immediately their faith failed, at least for most of them. The disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. This is from Matthew 14. And they were fighting heavy waves. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. I mean, I hope that you'll take these passages home and keep them close by in the midst of a time when a storm is literally heading our way. Remind ourselves that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and not the storm. It's true not just with the weather, but it's true with any problem. If we fixate on the problem, sometimes we can turn a molehill into a mountain. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, then everything is in the proper perspective. We may not ever walk on water, but God will give us the peace and the courage that we can walk right through a bunch of difficult circumstances, unafraid that he's going to guide us. 
Because we know he's going to take care of us if we keep our eyes on him. Now, if you're like me, I came from a long line of professional warriors. Anybody else raised by a professional warrior? Some of you, you're worried to put your hand up. I understand that, okay? Okay. Hey, I learned to worry from some of the best. And so much so that if there wasn't anything to worry about, we'd worry why there weren't any problems right now. Let's borrow a cup of worry from tomorrow. And what the Bible says is, don't do that. Jesus said, hey, if you have a problem, bring it to me. Come to me. I'll help you. I'll give you strength. I'll guide you. But the question is, will we do so? And what are we focused on? John 16, here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Got an email from a, a friend this morning who works at the Montgomery Zoo, and they just said, hey, I want you to know there are a lot of people that have uh, come up from Florida and are staying in the Montgomery area, and yesterday at the zoo there were lots and lots of families just bringing their kids to the zoo to keep their mind off the hurricane. They just wanted to see the animals. Would you please pray for all these families? I wrote back, sure. And I think it's smart because you don't want kids just looking at the TV screen all day, seeing how bad the storm is, where their home is, and where their school is. You don't want them focused on that. But you know what's even better than diverting our attention away from something? Bringing our problems squarely to the foot of Jesus because he can help us. Because God is with us, and God is bigger than any problem we face. A third thing I'd remind us with a storm Coming right at us, you flip your outline over, is this, is that God can bring good from storms. God can bring good from storms. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I listed three things that are pretty obvious that I see over and over again that God does when storms come into our lives. Big problems things we don't know how we're going to handle. Three goods that come out over and over again are these. First of all, storms can help us trust God more. I mean, there are many times in our life when we're rocking and rolling along and life is good and bills are paid and our health is fine and there aren't any uh, even bad forecasts in our near future, then we can get along with life and all of a sudden we haven't read our Bible at all recently. We haven't prayed recently. We don't really need God. And we get out of touch with him. But then a giant problem comes, an unexpected uh, circumstance that was really painful. And all of a sudden we rely on him, and we realize in that time together with him, we're crying out for help and reading his word. We reconnect in a relationship, and we go, why did I ever walk away from this? Why on earth was I ever too busy to talk to Jesus? Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, got uh, three verses here. I used two different translations because I like the way verse 8 was said in the New Living and verses 9 and 10 were said in the message. So I kind of sandwiched them together here. It really brings out uh, very clearly how important it is to keep our trust in Jesus. Paul wrote this, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through at the in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. 
not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Storms help Paul trust God more. Storms help some of us trust God in the first place. There are stories that I've read about the people in Houston a couple of weeks ago, and the storms brought some people back to faith in the Lord who'd been far away from God. And when they lost all these possessions, there were people who were sitting there saying, I lost everything I had in my house, and then I realized all that stuff isn't important anyway. And they went back to church, and they went to pray. Other people said, I realized how important it was to have relationships with my neighbors. My neighbors came and rescued me. People who lived right down the street from me, and I never knew who they were. And all of a sudden, I realized, hey, I've been putting all my emphasis on the wrong things. And faith in God takes first place again. And so one very good thing is, is that storms can help us trust Jesus. If you've been far away from God, there's never a wrong time to come to him. And when Peter started sinking, the one thing that he did rightly was he cried out to God. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out and pulled him up. And so if you don't know Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, please talk to us. We would love to help you understand what it means to have a right relationship with him. What it means to surrender our lives to him. And it's never too late to come to him. And in storms, it makes perfect sense. And it should make perfect sense all the time. So storms can help us trust God more. Point B, storms can strengthen our character. Paul also wrote this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know they help us develop endurance. Endurance helps us develop strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Talked to somebody, um, went through a storm a few years ago, and they were sharing the fact that um, one of the things, the storm that they'd been through, it, it destroyed a lot of um, outbuildings on a farm and uh, brought down a bunch of limbs on trees and done all kinds of damage way more than they could handle. And the person said, well, you know, one of the things I learned out of this whole experience was is how much, how prideful I've been that I could handle everything by myself. And I guess it took a storm like this for me to realize that it's important uh, that I rely on the help of others. And so I really kind of got humbled through all this. So he said, in an odd way, I'm grateful it happened. So I didn't realize how I'd kind of shut myself off from everybody else. I mean, what if God used a storm in our lives to humble us? What if God used a storm in our life to reorder our priorities? What if God used a storm in our lives to teach us endurance? What if we have been afraid and we've put our stock, we've trusted in our possessions, we've trusted in all of our stuff and other things, and we haven't been trusting in the Lord, and we haven't been making the most relationships? And what if a storm reorients all those priorities, and we come out of this as people who are closer to God and more loving of our neighbors? Well, that would be good. And God can bring good from storms. Finally, point C, God can receive praise when we help others who've been impacted by storms. Paul was collecting money in 2 Corinthians 9. There had been a famine in Jerusalem. And so Paul had gone out and shared the gospel and started all these churches at various places. He went around and collected a love offering, kind of like a disaster relief fund, money that he was taking back to Jerusalem. And here's what he said. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 12, he said two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met 
and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Well, the same thing can happen in your life and mine. If you and I, when there's a storm coming and you and I go knock on the door of an elderly neighbor and say, hey, there's a storm coming our way. Uh, Are you prepared for that? If the power goes off, just want to check on you. Thank you so much. I was worried. I didn't know who to call. If we uh, go down to Florida, go down to Texas in the next few weeks, in the next few months, and we help clean up and help somebody's house get back in order again, and we share the love of Christ with people, there are all sorts of people who not only will have their needs met, but they'll give praise to God. And so a storm could call somebody, cause somebody who'd been far away from God even to give, to give him thanks because God's people were allowed to be his hands and his feet. And these are just three ways that storms that God can bring good from storms. God can bring good from storms. Would you say that with me? God can bring good from storms. God is always with us. God is bigger than any storm we're ever going to face. And God is bigger. God is, can bring good from those storms because of how big he is. Again, I wanted you to have all these verses so that you leave here today with some encouragement and some things to meditate on, some scriptures we can pray about. But I also want to do more than that right now. I want to have a time of prayer right here before we even uh, stop our time together. We talked about how we can bring all our requests to God and that he's always ready to listen. Um, if you are here today, and if you want to do this, if you have a family member or you have been displaced by the storm and you're here or you have a family member who is being directly impacted by Irma right now, if you wouldn't mind, could we ask you to stand and just stay standing? And I'll tell you why in just a second. Could we ask you to stand? Okay? If you are a first responder, a policeman, a fireman, uh, somebody who works who's going to be restoring power, you work with uh, restoring the electrical grid or other things like that, would you please stand? Okay, we have a number of people around in these positions. For the rest of us, for the people who are standing, I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. If I could ask everyone else, if you would stand up and move toward one of these people and place your hand on their shoulder or just put your hand on the shoulder of somebody else touching them. We're going to pray for people. These people here are, who are standing are going to represent people in Florida and the first responders. And we're going to pray right now. Lord, to me, it's terribly important that we actually reach out and touch someone because it reminds us that each one of us can have a direct impact on someone else's life. And so, Lord, as we extend our hands on the shoulders of these people in this room, we extend our prayers for people far beyond this room. First of all, I want to pray for the people who are directly impacted by Hurricane Irma. Father, we pray that you will protect their property, that you will protect their loved ones, that you will keep them safe. For the people who are in harm's way right now, Father, in the direct path of the storm, Father, I pray that they will seek shelter in an, an emergency shelter immediately. I pray they will not delay. I pray that they will find hope and they will find help and they'll find a safe place to stay. Father, for the people who have been impacted already and if are here in our neighborhoods, in our hotels, in, in our city, Lord, We pray that you will give them comfort and remind them that you are watching over them, that you are with them, and that you are bigger than this storm, and you can bring good from this, and you will give them hope. For the first responders, Lord, oh God, they have a huge task in front of them. We pray, Father, first of all, that you would keep them safe. 
as they walk into areas where there will be downed power lines, where there will be hidden dangers, where there will be high winds and deep water. God, we pray, first of all, that you will protect them as they seek to help others who are in dire need. We pray that you will help them with good decision-making, that they will get their priorities exactly right, and they'll know who to help first and then who to help next so they can help as many people as possible. Father, and give them strength. This won't be an hour or two. This will be days. And Father, we ask that you would give them strength to carry out their jobs well. And Father, we pray for the linemen, the others who are going to be restoring the electrical grid after a storm like this goes through. Lord, you would bless their work and keep them safe because electrical power is so integral to our lives these days. But Father, I pray for, most, for all of us now, Lord, that you remind us to pray like this often. If we need to, to go put our hands on the TV screen and pray for the people or to join hands with someone else in the room and say, let's stop and pray. Let's not be afraid. But Father, we thank you that you are indeed always more ready to listen than we are to pray. Help us not to worry, but to trust in you and to keep our eyes upon you and not upon our problems. We thank you that you hear us today. We thank you that you are with us for this and every time we have needs. You are our refuge and our strength. And we thank you for hearing our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.